I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. This is episode 58 with Nick Hassebrock talking to me about his love of David Copperfield, who is apparently the highest grossing single performer in history, which is fascinating to me. It's just not something that you would think about. I feel like you'd go to musicians or or something like that first, but, you know, the guy's still doing hundreds of shows a year. Uh, so who can blame him? Um, he's, he's the best of the best where magicians are concerned. And Nick has been following his career since the first time he saw one of his specials at six years old. Um, and it was so much fun to find out that Nick has this love of David Copperfield. It was such an interesting, um, uh, interest to me and and really just a great example of uh, what NBSing can be um, and it was a total blast to talk to him about it and then um, after the show he did indeed show me the trick that he dis- uh, Nick showed me his own trick that he describes at some point of being able to slide a deck of cards down his arm throw it up in the air, and catch it all with the other hand. Um, as he says on the podcast, he said it might take him two or three tries, and he got it on the third, and it was great. Um, and then we watched some videos of David Copperfield tricks, and then he sent me some others. So all of those will be in the notes for this episode, so be sure to check it out and uh, be amazed because uh, DC is quite the showman. And uh, this was a lot of fun to talk out and uh, really, you know, realize that I had seen a decent amount of the kinds of things that Nick was talking to me about in specials over the years. Uh, Oh, before I forget, uh, we get on the topic of the Magic's Biggest Secrets Revealed specials that were on Fox in the late 90s um, and the name of the magician who did that as the masked magician. His name is uh, Valentino. So he's been kind of um, blacklisted from the community since then, which is, uh, I don't know, I guess it's an interesting way to go out, get a bunch of TV specials, um, show a bunch of secrets, and then uh, just peace. Or, I mean... Uh, Nick told me that he still kind of builds a bunch of tricks for com- uh, for comedians, for magicians, but um, doesn't can't really um, perform as himself much anymore because he's all he's all blacklisted. He's a rebel without a single cause. Um, anyway, uh, so enjoy this magic-filled episode. Uh, and before you get into it, I'll do some quick plugs. I've got two more weeks of Owls at the Annoyance with fast, past guest of the show, Ryan Ben. The show is a total blast. Um, come check it out. It's just a one act. It's paired with another show called Chums. It's at 8 o'clock 
the next two Tuesday nights, and I have a squall show this weekend on Saturday at 8 o'clock at the playground, so that should be a blast, and on Sunday at 7 o'clock at the Public House Theater, the Nerdalogs will be hosting Your Stories, an event that is monthly on the third Sunday, and this month's theme is fingers crossed we'll have some guests from giant bomb including uh patrick klepik uh for those in the know of that whole thing uh what that means uh we turn your stories into a podcast that you can listen to whenever you want we have two other podcasts on the quote-unquote network that are talking games with tim and clayton and then are logcast so if you like this you'll probably like those Please check them out. Um, we have in August coming up the Jangle Heart Circus as uh, run by the uh, f- our friends at the Upstairs Gallery. The Neurologs will be performing on August 23rd at 8 o'clock at the Jangle Heart Circus. So keep an eye out for that. Um, a few of us also just did uh, an appearance with... Um, Pat O'Rourke over at Peaches and Hot Sauce on the Making New Friends podcast, so check that out. I believe it drops tomorrow. Um, That was a lot of fun. Big thanks to Pat for having us on that because, hey, you know, we're all in this together. We're all just having fun, making podcasts, talking about things we like, and, you know, just making a little bit of magic. So here is my conversation with Nick about David Copperfield. Enjoy. And it's super unformal, right? Yeah. Like I can fart. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, but I might. That might be a first. I don't think anyone's ever, like, consciously, purposefully farted. What about burped? Uh, I know that at least I've burped on it before. (laughs) (laughs) But I just had to say, oh, excuse me. I'm not really much of a... This is a free podcast, yes. alright people? Yeah. So, Slow your fucking roll. <laughs> we did in the Sarachaki episode, because hers was um, last week, or two weeks ago, um, we talked about the first time that we met, which uh-huh. she was working in the I.O. box office, and she thought that she didn't have an intern working that day, because um, it was just like a Saturday morning, Yeah. so she just let out a big part, and then I came in right after she did that it. That is so funny. And she started furiously eating a banana, because she was hoping that like the smell, or at least like the idea that she was quickly eating a banana would take my mind off of the fact that there was like... Fart, fart in the air. <laughs> That's a really great story. So it's funny that you bring up farts right off the bat yeah. because it was a really great. I have nothing that good as a story. <laughs> I'm gonna. This is the most boring episode. That was of mine and Sarah's meet cute. I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's was so cute. Banana fart. <laughs> I don't um, even remember specifically when we first met. It was at the playground. I'm sure. I would think so too. Yeah, I remember seeing you at um, Becca Tobel's Secret Reader reunion. Oh yeah, and I you was were like, ready for that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. and I was like, oh, I've seen that guy at the playground before, but I don't know his name. Yeah. And then I feel like pretty soon after that, we like formally met. We met at the playground, and you and we talked about how those little like picture frames with the kids on them that they made, 
out of popsicle sticks. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So it was around when that was. So probably like a year ago. That was like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Believe, it feels like we've known each other longer. I would probably agree with you. Yeah. That's what the playground of duty, right? Oh my god. Makes new friends into old ones. <laughs> and old friends into enemies. Oh, hey, that's a um, that's a playground uh, <laughs> tagline if I've ever heard one. Yeah. That's funny that you were like, I know I've seen that guy, but I don't know who he is. Yeah. Because I, mean, I feel like I have that aura about me. Mm, but I don't know. Eh, I don't know. No. <laughs> I was just like, I, f I also felt like I knew a lot of the people who were yeah. involved, and you were like one of the people I didn't, so it probably stood out to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't hang out, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I see you at the playground a ton. Yeah, but and that's at parties and stuff. Yeah, it's probably when I see you the most. I will say that uh, you had the most beautiful logo of any podcast. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> I designed that. it myself. Did you really? Yeah, I did. That's so nice. Looking. I um I did the picture and then Claire did the like um uh Claire Freeman yeah. of the Nerd friend Lots, of ours mentioned uh, friend of ours uh, former guest humanity. of the show Cards Against Humanity <laughs> um, she is a an employee there um, <laughs> can they see me nope <laughs> just audio the microphone nope, the whole time. just audio uh, she did the like graphic design she does all the graphic design and stuff for the Nerd Logs oh, wow. so she like took what I designed and put the font on it and slapped all that other made it look good basically slap all that bullshit on there yeah yeah cool thanks for the compliment yeah though. your hair looks really good in it <laughs> yeah it looks way better than it usually does in real life IRL what are you talking about these red flowing locks <laughs> bouncy and lively right now uh they're they're it's a ponytail tied up into a tight bun nothing <laughs> nothing is flowing in tight, the waist tight hipster bun we could say a <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn bun ooh let's coin that, that term a Brooklyn bun a Brooklyn bun alright that's when boys have buns I'm like, oh really I would say yeah okay. like a Kevin Reader yeah I was thing. gonna say Kevin Reader is yeah let's call him a Brooklyn bun alright Brooklyn bun uh, well, uh, you heard it first here. Coiner of the term Brooklyn Bun, Nick Hasselbrock. Thank you. Matt Hasselbrock. 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 Yes. I just learned this today. That's all right. Hasselbrock. Old friends, new friends becoming old <laughs> new friends. New friends becoming old friends. Brooklyn old friends Bun. becoming enemies. Brooklyn Bun. <laughs> so many things happening. Nick place. Hasselbrock. Coiner of the terms Brooklyn Bun. Yes. Is my guest today. Yes. He's going to be so talking happy to, to be me. Here. About his love of David Copperfield? Yes. That's awesome. Oh, I my love, God. As soon as he said, you're like, Nick, when he texted me that that was going to be his topic, he said, David Copperfield, the magician. <laughs> and so I thought we were going to talk about the Charles Dickens book by the same name for an hour. I mean, if you wanted to do that, I would have talked to you about that. It's about class warfare. These <laughs> characters are so well developed. I mean... People don't appreciate it. I'm just so glad you clarified. It's much better than his other book. Uh, A Tale of Two Cities. I've read that one. I've read Great Expectations. Right, well, let's and, talk about um, him. What about, let's see, uh, well, we got it. You got to throw in the Christmas Carol, didn't he write that? I think he did. 
You're right. Uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. There you You're go. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did want to clarify that. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. So, what... Uh, but when you first hear the word David Copperfield, does the book or the person come to your mind? Magician. Really? For sure. That's great. That <laughs> You're me happy a, as fan a fan of that idea. Yes. I, when I put it up, when I list the um, episode, do you want me to put up David Copperfield, comma, I kind of want magician. you to. <laughs> I will. I totally yeah, will. Yeah, I kind of do. Because every time I post it. Because I don't want people like, oh, this book? I don't want to fucking listen to this shit. <laughs> the magician, <laughs> no relation. <laughs> exactly. I'll, yeah, I'll say his name. Calma, the magician. The magi- it's going to be great. That's perfect. Um, that's one of my favorite posting um, things is... Uh, from Jeff Murdoch's episode, he talked about music that he loved in high school, yeah. which included the band Sum 41, nice. and it happened to be episode 41. That's <laughs> and awesome. so when I posted it, I just put episode, and then in brackets, Sum 41. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> um, we freaked out when we realized it was episode 41. <laughs> we lost it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. What is the inception of your love of David Copperfield? Okay, this all goes back to uh, I was I was six years old, <laughs> and uh, I was at a family gathering at, at my great aunt Mona's house. <laughs> and where um, was that? It was in Mascuda, Illinois, which is where I spent some of my childhood. Okay, it's about uh, thirty twenty miles east of St. Louis. Okay. And I spent so all my like childhood. Right across the border. Yeah, right across the river. Um, and I spent all all of my childhood there, but like different little towns around that area. Okay. We moved around a lot. Gotcha. When I was a kid. But all just within the same general area. All within the same zip code or er, uh, area code, area. I should say. Gotcha. Six one eight. Six one eight. Metro y'all. East, Shout baby. <laughs> KSDK. All right. Um, I grew up in the eight oh three. So. Oh. Alpharetta. <laughs> mm, nope. <laughs> Lancaster, South Carolina. <laughs> You're in South Carolina. Yeah. I thought it was Georgia. I was born in Georgia. Oh, okay. I grew up in. I've the been 80s. doing all these Georgia jokes to That's you, and like, <laughs> you're like, I don't fucking. Well, well, I'm fans of all Georgia teams. Did you so go to South Carolina? I went to Furman, which is in South Carolina. Okay, but you're but a you're UGA a Tide fan. fan. Oh, you're a Bulldog fan. That's Alabama. Sorry. Yes. Bulldogs. Okay, there we go. Yes. Yes. Very cool. Yes. All right. Cool. Cool. Yes. Cool. Cool. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I What's took it again? off the rails. No, I love this. This is podcast, baby. <laughs> this is podcast. We're millennials. Technology, <laughs> friendship. Come on, You're man. Download this on your. We're eating nachos right now. IPad. This is great. Don't come on. Don't just blatantly lie. I okay. If I blatantly lie, I'll follow it up with saying I just blatantly lie. Okay, cool. Thank you. You're in Muscoot, Illinois. Muscoot, Illinois. Uh, six years old. It was a family gathering. So we were all there for like dinner, and um, this uh, this television special came on, <laughs> and um, I was just like captivated from like the first like second I saw him on TV, mm-hmm. and I was like six, and I'm sure I'm sure I had seen Magic mm-hmm. like before that, but the reason that I love David, and there's thousands of reasons, but. <laughs> His stage performance and his show is so, like, well put together and such, like, just a beautiful, like, 
theatrical like event. Yeah. It just makes it interesting even if you don't like magic. Yeah. It's just like pretty to watch. Cool. And it was so cool to see that because it was like, like I was like, oh my god, I want to be on stage. I want to be a performer. Yeah. But it was also like just very like. Did nice you already looking. want to be a performer before that, or do you think that's no? Good? But that definitely. I mean, like I can look back on that moment and like anything I've ever wanted to do with art or performing has all gone back to that. That's moment. so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yes. So do you did it? So it didn't take you too long to like land on David Copperfield once I kind of told you what was gonna be it was either as a topic it was either that or the red hot chili peppers (laughs) 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 are probably like my second best love but i was going through your thing and someone did no effects yeah and i was like all right someone's in a band Mm -hmm. i was like also no one's gonna do magic and not specifically like one specific magician Magician. it is a very unique thing and and i've loved him for longer than i've loved the chili peppers cool yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh man, I love that so much. I think that's so cool Thank that you. you saw it and you were just like, boom, I don't necessarily want to be a magician, but I want to be on a stage. Exactly. Oh my god, yeah, it was just so cool. Um, do you have, like, do you watch, have you seen, like, all of his specials and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Uh, so after I knew who he was, you know, like, I watched the special and then, like, couldn't stop talking about magic. You know? <laughs> And so, like, all throughout my childhood, you know, bought every... My mom spent so much money on magic tricks. I went to, like, magic conventions. Have you seen that documentary, Magic Camp? I yes. haven't seen it yet. Yes, I but have. I've heard it's very good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting. There's some kids on there who are, like, very, very good. Yeah? Yeah. And, um, I mean, the the problem with magic in general is that it's kind of dorky. Yes. Um, which is one, <laughs> which is one of the reasons... Sorry, I didn't mean to No, 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 no. This is the reaction firmly. I want, for sure. Um, which is one of the reasons why I like Copperfield, because he... Because he was so, like, good with the theater part of it, it wasn't as nerdy as, like, most other magicians. Mm-hmm. Um, which I loved. Um, but yeah, I've seen Magic Camp. It's a good documentary. It's interesting. Do you and think some it's of the kids on there are good. Of, like, the kind of thing, kinds of things that you did when you were growing up? Well, I, I definitely wasn't as committed as those kids. Okay. Because my thing was that, like, uh, I wanted to learn how the trick worked. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I, like, wouldn't practice. Oh, that's funny. I did you didn't some... necessarily want to do it. You just exactly. Want to learn all the I just secrets. want to learn all the secrets. <laughs> and, like, I did a couple magic shows. Like, I did one for a talent show when I was in grade school. Um, but I just really wanted to learn, like, the secrets of the trick. And it's the same when I was in high school. I took guitar lessons because I'm white. And, um, and love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> but it was the same. I just wanted to learn how to play, like, the cool riff. Uh, I never wanted to learn how to play the whole song. Want, oh. So, like, I can, for example, I can play the opening to Under the Bridge. Uh, but I can't really play the rest of it. <laughs> but I can play that first, like, ding, 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 ding part. Uh, yeah. Like, really well, too, because I would practice it I'm for, sure like, hours. And then... And, and then I was like, like, well, I'm done so with this. So that's pretty cool, right, guys? Yeah. Put the guitar down. Exactly. <laughs> Which is good for improv, because once you're bored with something, yeah, it's like, let's go to something else. You're such a little improviser. Um, yeah, that's what people would call me. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, so all of your magic shows would just be like, this is how this works, and next trick. <laughs> well, no, it w- I would still be professional. I mean, as a professional... Oh, right. Mary Beth. Consummate professional. professional. Uh, when I did my talent show, I like wore like a little bow tie and did all that like cute stuff. <laughs> and when you're a magician and you have like prepared dialogue, it's called patter. Yes. 
And so I had like all my pattern routines and stuff figured out. So I would still like do the trick. I just wouldn't like practice it so it looked really good. Right. And I think one of the big problems with that is that they always tell you to practice in front of a mirror. But that was hard for me because I could never watch my hands in a mirror and still like manipulate them in... Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I want to look at my hands and make sure I'm doing the thing right. But then I'm supposed to be like watching my hands in the mirror to make sure I'm not like revealing the secret. And that was like way too much for me to like process when I was like 10. That's a lot. That's yeah. what. So I, I didn't practice that much, but I love to like act like I was performing. <laughs> I feel like whenever I've tried to learn like instruments, I yeah. always have to look at my hands and it's not necessarily conducive to learning it very well. For sure. Um so how how long did your like interest when's the last time you did magic? Like for people or for myself? Both. <laughs> uh, the last time I did magic for people would have probably been like a family reunion when I was in like eighth grade. Um, every six months or so, I'll get bored and like buy a trick online. Really? Yeah. And so like I was, I did like a couple card tricks like four months ago for myself. So yeah. Do you? Uh, are you good at like cutting decks with one hand and? sleight of hand type things like that? No, I'm not good at sleight of hand. The one thing that I was good at that I learned when I was a kid is I would take the deck and I would spread it on my arm and I can still kind of do this and then I would throw it all up in the air and like catch it all. Oh, that's cool. In like one pack. That's cool. That always made, And I could do that when I was like 11. That's really cool. And so people were like really impressed by that. Yeah. So that was cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Um, fun one. Yep. Uh, (laughs) there may be some, uh, intermittent cat sounds because Nick here is allergic to cats. Allergic to cats. And we are cat sitting for a friend's cat, Ivan, so he is a little unhappy, but I don't want a guest to be all cat allergy filled. Thank you. You can't have both of us, uh, you know, struggling with... I'm just referring to how raspy my voice is. Oh, I don't know what happens to you. You sound like uh, Liza Minnelli right now. Just clear, beautiful Liza soprano. Minnelli. That's who you thought of? Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. Um, it's fine. Um, I just wanted to call that out so that yeah, people weren't like, are they... We have a body. Yeah. Are they torturing someone? Yeah. Uh, we are torturing a small cat. He has food. He does have food. I can verify. And he's in a big room. Yeah. In his bed. And he we, just wants to be And we out. turned up the heat on him. Uh, That's a blatant lie. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, I... I love that throwing up the whole. Can you still do the? I can still kind of do it. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's pretty cool too. I'm sure it is. I might make you do it. Yeah, before you leave. I'd love to show you what I'm talking about. <laughs> it might take me like two or three times, but I can okay. still kind of do it. You might have to pick up an entire deck of cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are your favorite David Copperfield tricks? Oh man. <laughs> uh, the first trick that I fell in love with from him is one called the floating rose and i think i loved it because it's a good trick but he's also very good um with uh programming music to fit like the mood the mood of his tricks Mm -hmm. 
And he actually released a CD back in like the mid '90s of like all the music that he used in his shows. So you have that. I don't have that. But you did at the time. I didn't have it at the time because I didn't know it was released. Oh no! But I found out about it later. Gotcha. And like, and you're like, well, like, this is to way too. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you listen to that. Oh yeah, of course. That's, I should have just undershot it. Yeah. So you listen to that when you go to bed every night. Exactly. It's a lot of Phil Collins. <laughs> not gonna lie. Is it really? It really is. Yeah. So while you're throwing up the entire deck of cards off of your arm and grabbing it out of the air is just like a lot of drum riffs and stuff. You're just like ripping into it. <laughs> I know. I, I, I say this because it delights me. Like you have to understand Yeah, no, I know what you mean. it may sound like I'm ripping into you, but really what I'm doing is being delighted by every detail. That's great. <laughs> uh, it's this really beautiful trick and um, I think it's a Phil Collins song, but basically he wraps up a napkin and then he makes it move with his finger and then he grabs a beautiful audience volunteer and then it like travels up her arm and then up his arm and then at the end of it he sculpts the napkin into a rose and then lights the napkin on fire and then a, an actual rose appears and it's just a very great like sleight of hand intimate type trick and very yeah. like pretty and classy and stuff like that yeah so it's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. And then like six years later, I found out how he did it. So I was going to say, gonna, did yeah. you find out? Because it's actually become a trick that is kind of like on the open market now. So you can buy it oh. online. And I didn't buy it, but like reading the, ins like reading, like I found out it, I found out a place where you could buy it online and just reading through it. I kind of like figured out that's how it's done. Oh, the mechanism the that's mechanism involved that in what you're buying. Exactly, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I love that you looked into it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, uh, if I can talk about another trick. Please. Um, because I noticed you put links online mm. sometimes with mm -hmm. the show. And I found this trick. Oh, I do. It's, it's I wrote, I already wrote down Floating Rose. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. There's this other trick called uh, Heaven on the Seventh Floor, mm -hmm. which is like one of the one of his best tricks and also a really good example of him using music to fit the mood and it's it's one of his opening tricks and there's like this um there's this elevator that's hanging over the stage when the show begins and like the doors open and you can see like around I think it. I've seen yeah. I think I've seen both of these actually. Yeah. And like then he appears and like the music just the music hits like right when he shows up and it's just like so like oh it's just so <laughs> everything fits so beautiful. Uh, it's so beautiful. He's so much better than every other magician. Really? He's so great. Yeah. How, who do you feel like is even close? Like, how do you feel about Chris Angel and guys like that? David Blaine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that's a different brand. Sure. Totally, but. I mean, uh, Chris Angel. Chris Angel is not a bad magician. He, I think a lot of magicians don't like him because he has that whole like hard rock thing. Yeah. And some of his bigger stage illusions are pretty hokey, and that yeah. you can like figure out how they're done. And he's also kind of turned into more of a, like, spectacle guy yeah. than, than really, like, magic, right. I would say. Yeah, which is because of David Blaine, I think. Right. And most magicians hate David Blaine. Really? Because uh, David Blaine does what's called street magic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his tricks that he does on his specials, aside from, like, the standing in a box for, like, four days straight. Yeah. Most of his other tricks you can buy from, like, a magic store. Oh, really? So they're not, like... They're not original. interesting tricks, they're not original, they're not hard to he do. He just happens to be doing them in front of people. And he does them with this like whole attitude of like, is this real, is this magic? And I think a lot of magicians hate when people have that attitude of like, 
I had this like special you're, power. You're not trying to exhibit it as a magician. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Yeah, a lot of magicians don't want people to be like, oh, this is like a secret power I have because like, a people see right through that. Yeah. And so then it makes it seem even like more dorky. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be right. like, oh, I'm so like oh, secretive and special. I'm a wizard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see that. But most magicians... I never would have thought about that, though. Yeah. Uh, most magicians love David Copperfield, and I'm not just saying that. They have a deep respect for him, and he's highly he's regarded in the community. He's gotta be considered... He's probably like, the best the magician best since it. Houdini. Yeah. I've never seen Houdini, obviously, but... Right. And Houdini was, like, kind of a special breed. He was more of an escape artist. Right. Um, but he's, I mean, definitely the most popular magician since Houdini. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um... Siegfried and Roy, they were good, though. I mean, if yeah. you want someone who was, like, on their level, they were good magicians. Do, uh, do you think that there is, like, what do you think about the, um, when, I remember growing up watching those TV specials that were, like, They're amazing. Behind, well, oh, behind the, behind the magic kind of yeah. things. Like, did he, I feel like he, those they would always like mask the person who was showing you mm-hmm. the tricks just yeah. like, because it's like shameful for people right. to figure yeah. like to talk about. For sure, maybe that's the whole storyline on Arrested Development is yes. like Joe getting kicked out of the like League of Musicians, Ma- of magicians, magicians or yeah. Uh, uh, which that show did great things for the magic uh, community. <laughs> Let's just say that again. <laughs> Uh, I told a lot of people in college I loved magic after that show came out. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, I, I kept wait, it I more thought you were being sarcastic. I kept it more hidden. <laughs> okay, you were being sarcastic. I was being sarcastic. Because yeah. every time you... That was a blatant lie. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you were trying to do a trick, people would just be like, oh, those, uh, they're not, don't call them tricks, tricks they're, they're illusions. illusions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a great question to ask, uh, because, um... When that when those specials came out, I was conflicted. Yeah. Because I was an eleven year old professional magician. <laughs> what path am I going to take? When am I going to get my television specials? <laughs> and it was I honestly remember when the first special came out. I was like, do I want to watch this and like learn how these tricks are done, or like am I going to like Boycott disrespect oh my, my community? And I ended up watching them because I really did want to know how they're done. Um, but that was a hugely controversial thing in it the magic seems community. like it would be yeah um the guy's name oh man because in like one of the last specials that he did he revealed who he was oh really and there had been a lot of rumors in the magic community for like years about we all think Ooh. it's this guy and it turned out it was that guy and oh. he got like blacklisted really yeah That's and like crazy. now is like he doesn't perform because like no one will, like, associate with him. So he works as, like, a magic consultant. He'll, like, help people build tricks. To figure out tricks. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But something about Copperfield... Uh, what were the name yeah. of those specials? It was, um... It was, like, Magic's Greatest Secrets Revealed. Yeah. Or something I'll, like that. I'll try to figure out his name. Yeah. It, it started with the D. It's not that I big forgot. a deal. I'm sure... Um, no one actually looks at the, like, links or anything, yeah. but just, just something I like to do for myself. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. Copperfield was... So, Copperfield didn't really comment on it. I, like, ten years earlier in the mid-90s, this guy was writing a book who had worked for Copperfield, and he was going to release a book called, like, How Magicians Do Their Biggest Secrets... And Copperfield, anyone who works for him, because he has, like, a traveling crew, Mm -hmm. they have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And, like, Magic 
and law are like there's like a lot of like serious issues with Interesting. it. Interesting. Because you know you're protecting your livelihood yeah. in a way. And so he sued the guy, and so the guy had to take out Copperfield-specific tricks from the book so that those weren't revealed, but the book still got released. Um, and yeah, Copperfield makes anyone who works with them sign like these like long, long pages about, I That's will reveal anything, so I won't talk about how things are done. I never would have thought about yeah. stuff like that. And not only that, but another reason that I love Copperfield is that he works on his big stage illusions for like three, five, seven years. And he'll come up with like four or five different ways for it to be done. So that if someone figures out one way, Pinch he'll like paint. openly show that in the trick that that's not how he does it and oh, just switch cool. it to like another way. That's so cool. So it's just so, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just like so awesome. He, like, well, because anytime he comes out with a big trick, people automatically start copying it. Of course. There's tons of stories about that. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so cool to be able to really lead a field like that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's still performing. Mm-hmm. He's at, he has a contract, I think, with uh, the MGM Mirage. I figured He's at some Vegas casino. Vegas places. But he performs like 500 times a year. Really? Yeah. And I was listening to an interview with him last year, and he made a good point. He's like, you know, I, it's not hard for me. Because he just kind of walks around on stage and, like, does, like, you know, moves. Yeah. It's really his assistants and the people behind the scenes who are, like, making the sure the shit comes together. Interesting. And, like, he doesn't talk much in the show, so, like, his voice doesn't get wrecked. Yeah. So he's like, it's really easy for me to do, like, three shows on a Sunday because oh. I don't... I just walk around for, like, half an hour yeah. and say, like, ten things. Get kind of sweaty under the lights. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so cool to think of as, like, a performer to uh-huh. be like, ah, you know... That is awesome. Yeah, he's I, the he's the highest uh, earning solo entertainer in history. He's made over four billion dollars in his performing career. What? I never would have even yeah. Cons- wait, so highest highest earning solo entertainer in history, including like musicians, including well. Solo entertainer, right. so including like Garth Brooks, like Michael Jackson. That's nuts. But he's also been performing like since like the seventies, you know. So, but so is like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, but Bruce ain't no Copperfield. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And also, like, I mean, like a guy like Bruce can do like what, like forty, seventy shows a year. Yeah, and if you can do five hundred, I mean, it's just ticket sales. Jesus yeah. Christ, that's so crazy. Cool. What does he do with? What does he? He does 500 shows a year. Like, yeah. how does he? What does he do the rest of the time? <laughs> Drive around in one of his 40 Lamborghinis. Yeah, he has 40 Lamborghinis. <laughs> cool. Wait and lie. Uh, he has Thank a, you. <laughs> he has a home in Vegas. He has an apartment in Manhattan. In Las Vegas, he has a giant secret warehouse. Where all his tricks with, are. With, like, all his tricks. And also, he has, like, a lot of magic memorabilia that he's collected from different auctions and cool. stuff. Cool. And if you know him or, like, our celebrity and want to go see it, you can go see it. And it's just this... I've seen inside pictures of it from, like, interviews. Uh-huh. It's just this giant warehouse of, like, all these tricks. And everything's, like, really organized well. It's just so cool. That is really cool. And he has, like, tricks from, like, the 1600s. He has, like, books from, like, the 1200s about wizards and about, like occult magic like he has like he's just he just buys he everything just magic he just so, loves I mean, magic and so he much and he has four billion dollars dollars yeah he could buy the word magic and he trademark it he could trademark the word magic yeah he totally could all those uh nerds that 
um, Wizards of the, the Coast yeah, would get Wizards really the upset, Coast. though. <laughs> they would, yeah. They probably have a trademark on... They probably it's do. probably just for Magic the, for the just Gathering. For just the card game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Magic yeah. the Gathering. Uh, TM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a story about people copying his trick. If please. You okay. Please. So, he had his big flying trick, and that was a big thing. That was in, like, 96 or something. And then a couple Which years... Which was... Where he, like, flew on stage. Okay. And there was, like, no wires and all this stuff. Okay, yeah. It was, like, revolutionary. Right. Um, <laughs> it was... A, it, it was... was a it's no big deal, but it was revolutionary. Oh, my God. You have to... You have to understand. Anytime I had to do a book report from, like, second to, like, seventh grade, it was always about Copperfield. It was always, always, <laughs> it. It was always about I Copperfield. I love it so much. Like, that's... You have to understand it. This is why I started doing this show because, like, I I've known you. We just talked about it for at least a year now, yeah. and I never knew this about you. Yeah. And you know so much about it, and you're so into it that it's like yeah. delightful to me. <laughs> like, you can tell. Like, I know, I know. I love it so yeah. much. So anyway, <laughs> you don't have to. Be... I did like 30 minutes once in like fifth grade on him. Uh, I'm like for a like report. A presentation. Yeah. That's so great. I love it. Um, Continue. Thank you. His flying trick. (laughs) So he came out with this trick a couple years later called Snow. And it's a really nice trick. He tells a story about growing up and never getting to see snow I've definitely seen this. Okay, cool. I'm just going to explain it. But I was going to say, continue to explain it, but I know I've seen it. Awesome. So it's a really cool trick. And uh, at the end of it, he rips up a piece of paper and he makes snow. He makes... A bunch of pieces of paper fly out from his hands. Yeah. And then in the theater, he makes, like, soap bubbles snow down. I went to a show where he did it, and it was, like, soap and snow everywhere. Yeah. It's a really great trick. Uh-huh. So, like, a year later, I read this in, like, a magic magazine. A year later, there was some big, like, magic convention. And at these conventions, they usually have people who perform and all that stuff. And there were, like, 17 performers in this one show. And, like, 16 of them out of the 17 ended their show with, with the snow. snow. <laughs> the exact same trick. And, like, it was, like, it pissed me off, but it was so, like, indicative. Because magicians aren't the most creative people, I hate to say yeah. it. And, like, none of them, like, after, like, the fourth person, I would have been like, all right, well, I'm just going to end my show I'm after just, my last, my second last. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. At I this remember, point, I will look like a laughingstock. Exactly. You think number 16. Exactly. And they wrote about it in the artic- in this article. They were like, everyone did a snow trick except for, like, one guy. But everyone wanted to copy this trick that Copperfield had done. And that's I was so like, oh, funny. my God, that's crazy. Yeah. I absolutely remember seeing that on one of his specials. Cause yeah. Because I remember even, like, how specifically his hands yes, are all, like, yes. pointed and it started to just fly out. Yeah. yeah. I totally, totally remember that. For sure. That's so funny. Um, so, uh, when he, like, while you were going through all this and, like... Learning, I'm going through this. That was a weird way to say that. Yeah. But like when well, you were, going my nerve you know, face. No, no. I meant what I meant was like, you know, when you do book reports on him uh-huh. and like presentations yeah. and stuff like that. Um, were you still of the mindset that you were like, I am also going to be like David Copperfield, or did you just like respect him so much, or That's is it some combination question. of the? The two. It was probably more of a combination. I mean, I knew just reading about him, like how hard he worked, because mm-hmm. he started doing magic when he was ten. He actually taught um, a class 
in Magic at NYU when he was 16. Whoa! Yeah, I think he got his first television special when he was like 24, 25. That's crazy. Yeah, and I was like, I'm probably not gonna do oh, that. Oh, sure, so... But like, he worked so hard and it was just cool to like, respect someone. I've always loved people who work hard. Uh-huh. Whether it's him, like, I love Lil Wayne because he's so prolific and just like, mm-hmm. is always releasing music, other people like that. And so I always really respected that about him. And just thought it was so cool that he had done so much. That's awesome. At such a young age. Yeah. That's totally a reasonable reason to respect someone. I mean, I I feel like um, society-wise, like, the types of people that usually are, fill those roles in people's Mm. lives are, like, um, every once in a while an actor, but more often like athletes yeah. and, um, like musicians, musicians. Yeah. yeah, that's another good one. So I feel like, uh, it's cool that it's what? That it's a magician. It, no, I think that's no, yeah. cool. I do. Yeah. I'm serious. I think it's like, it's unique and there's nothing like I think you can put those kind of things on similar tiers. Like, he's still a, a performer who is incredibly good oh, yeah. at what he does. Oh, he's amazing. And works it ridiculously hard mm. and is someone that you have always respected. And, yeah. like, I think that's so cool. I, yeah. I hate that there's stigmas surrounding um, specific things. That Me too. It's like I always, like, when I grew up, you know, I was interested in magic, and I kind of knew it was kind of dorky, mm-hmm. but I'd always feel bad for people who were, like, interested in, like, mime. Right. Because that's, like, a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And do it well, but, like, everyone looks down on it. It's like, oh, and it's mimes like, are, or, like, being a clown or yeah, something being like clown, that. Yeah, being a clown, it's like, that's, like, hard, that's what? not easy to just <laughs> yeah. get up there and, like, do that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Right. Like... Give him some respect, when even you if see, you don't like it. Yeah, no, that's so true. Because when you, if you see a good mime or yeah, a good like clowning like person, they're both so much fun to watch. Yeah. And when you see a really good magician, it's very fun. It's to very watch. fun to watch when you see a good magician. But I feel like all three of those are things that people probably like ruin for all the good ones. <laughs> yes, that's probably a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I specifically will cite um, my roommate Stephanie and I uh, for opening day this year. We went to Milwaukee because um, the Brewers were playing the Braves. Mm -hmm. And um, so we went up the night before and spent the night um, in Milwaukee. Uh, And we went to this really cool bar called the Safe House. I don't know if you've ever been to Milwaukee or anything. Uh, But it's like a spy bar, so you have to get in through this Uh. secret door and you have to know a password. And if you don't know the password, they make you do something stupid. It's all like kind of silly and very like... Um, during the day, it's just like a family-oriented type restaurant, but there's two separate bars at the theater, and mm-hmm. one of, or a theater, um, restaurant at the safe house. Yeah. And at their, like, secondary bar, they call it the magic bar. Yeah. And the bartender is also a magician. Nice. Um, which, like, concept-wise is very cool and right. very, like, good for families and things like that. And when we were there, it was maybe, like, 8.30 or 9, no, maybe like 9, not super late, but also like um, early enough that there were still families and stuff there, and, yeah. and the, the crowd was kind of starting to turn over. Uh-huh. It was a little slow, actually, so I think it was kind of like between where they'd usually have the most traffic. Um, anyway, I was just kind of walking around, taking everything in, and we the uh, go up to the magic bar yeah. and start to watch some tricks, and... 
the guy was making the worst, like, not funny sexual, sexual jokes. <laughs> and it was, it was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone standing there was probably around our age, like, 20-something. For sure. Just, like, doing something cool early in the night before yeah. they kind of, like, go to just a straight-up bar. And I I can't remember most of the jokes, but they were just so bad, and no one would say, no one would laugh, and so he would like awkwardly say like, "Oh, you know, don't worry, guys, like it gets better." Yeah, it gets like, you know, better. Like, he would so keep drinking, but you could tell he was just so awkward. Like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like. <laughs> I don't know. It was the worst. The last joke he yeah. did. Uh, let me. Sure. Yeah. The last joke he did, just to give like a specific example. Yeah. He pulled a balloon out mm-hmm. and um, blew up the balloon, and then like got someone's phone inside of it, uh-huh. and then like let all the air out so you could see that like the oh, phone yeah. was okay. inside of it. Um. So, but while he was blowing up the balloon. He stopped, he kept, like, stopping and taking breaks just to, like, you know, to do his patter. The patter. He would do the patter. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the times he, like, stopped while he was blowing up the balloon, he was like, oh, boy, good thing I'm not a gay guy. Like, it was a nightmare, Nick. It was a nightmare. Like, I think at that point, we had already heard so many bad jokes, and we were both yeah. so uncomfortable that I just, like, we looked over at each other and just were like, Oh boy! That's so awesome. It was. We just like walked away and we're like, "Well, that happened." So it's guys never doing magic again. Guys like that. Yeah. Give the rest of you guys a bad day. Oh my god, bad magic is terrible. Okay. Also, I think I know what trick he was trying to do. Really? Because I've seen variations of trick. But anyway, my story was that I remember when I was a kid, uh, like I would get like. Uh, catalogs of like magic tricks and stuff mm-hmm. and like there would be videos in there you know VHS videos like how oh, to do cool. card tricks how yeah. to do whatever and I remember being like 11 12 years old and like one of the one of the videotapes in there was like how to do ch- card tricks to pick up chicks oh no and I remember being 12 and being like that's never gonna fucking work <laughs> Like, no chick's gonna be like, oh, God, that was my ace of spades. Uh. Already at 12, I was like, there's no way that this is ever it's gonna good. make you it's meet good. women. It's good that as much as you I liked knew, it, as much you as I, that I also knew it was completely nerdy. Amount of awareness <laughs> yeah, about it. Exactly. This guy absolutely bought that video <laughs> at did. some point in his life. He bought and it in 1992 and has been pimping it out. Yes, <laughs> there were some very misogynistic jokes in it. <laughs> And he just let it ride. A lot of Clinton jokes that didn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> he also... I also just wasn't very impressed by any of his tricks. Yeah. So it was like doubly That's always terrible. the worst, yeah. Because then you have to sit through it, Yes. right? Yeah. It's I, like, a, it's like at least with a bad stand-up, the joke ends and maybe they're doing something new. But like a magic trick lasts for like two or three minutes. Yeah. So you're like, oh god. Yeah. It was How long is terrible. This take? His patter was terrible. His, his jokes were offensive. <laughs> yeah. His his tricks were not good. His balloon work was not good. He probably isn't a very good bartender. <laughs> <laughs> he hates gays. <laughs> he probably supports I don't know, men's rights activism. <laughs> He's a men's rights activist, yeah. He's a pickup artist. Oh boy. Those people. It was 
rough. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was, that's okay. That's just As like, a former steward of the magic community, I'm <laughs> sorry you. that that happened thank to you. Thank you for apologizing. And I'm sorry at all the bad shows any of you have ever had to see, because I know that there's hundreds. There, yeah, I Hundreds mean, of terrible magicians. It's funny that, I mean, you could say the same thing about improv. You, you could. Know? Like, there's very, very good improv. Yeah. And it's the best to watch, and we all, like, strive towards things like Some that. Some of us. And then <laughs> the, we all, we performers of improv strive towards it. Unless yeah. you're just striving towards mediocrity. <laughs> um, and then but watching bad improv is... Bad improv is pretty terrible. Yeah. Rough. Rough, rough, rough. <laughs> rough. Mm. Um, I'm glad you never tried to pick up chicks with magic. You know that guy is trying to pick up chicks with magic. He's only trying to pick up chicks. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but it... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you feel like... You feel like DC is getting a lot of, um... Magic... Magic ladies? Magic ladies? He's dated a lot of models. He dated Claudia Schiffer in the 90s. Oh, my gosh! That's so funny! Um, and he actually has been dating a girl for like five or six years and they just had a baby last year. No way! Yeah. First knew, time father. I, the funny thing is that I asked as a joke, but I knew you would actually know his like romantic history. <laughs> so I disguised, I, know, I, I disguised a real question that I knew you'd know the answer to as a joke. <laughs> as a joke. And then here goes a straight answer. Well, it's uh, funny you Claudia should ask Schiffer. because Claudia Schiffer... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so he j- how old is he? Oh man, he was born. Uh, I think he's like in his fifties, maybe sixties now. Yeah, that's what I. The, when you were saying, yeah, he's been performing since like the seventies when yeah. he started. When he was, you know, early twenties. Like, yeah, well, teens mainly. Sorry, early in his teens and then really got right. well. Yeah, so he's been performing for. I knew he had a to be. Time. Uh, well into his middle age. Yeah. He and actually... Uh, sorry. And he just, oh. you know, has been dating a lady and dating had a, a baby. Yeah, had a baby. Dating a lady. Finally, finally uh, settled down. settled down. This <laughs> $4 billion. And his 500 shows a year. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he grew up in New Jersey, but would take uh, the um, like subway to Manhattan when he was like in his teens because he loved Broadway, oh, cool. which influenced his show of and why it's it so did. theatrical. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, he would sneak into shows during intermission, is what he says, and he uh, also has said I, that apparently that's not a uh, like difficult thing really? to do. Um, huh. I, yeah, I mean it's in a movie I think where. Yeah, you just like hang outside with all the people, like yeah, smoking that's what he would and stuff do. like that, and then just walk back in with them. So yeah. you can see the second act of a bunch of Broadway plays. <laughs> there we go. Um, but apparently, through that, he lost his virginity to a showgirl. That's is so what he funny. Said. So from just like hanging around, from just hanging around the theaters Broadway. for long enough, yeah, <laughs> showing her a trick or two, yeah. So, I know all about his sexual history and life. Have you read, has he written a biography or autobiography? He has not written an autobiography. He did come out with, um, like, he compiled a collection of short stories about, like, magic Mm -hmm. that came out back in 95, and he had one story in there that he had written. Mm -hmm. All the other stories are from, like, famous authors. And then there was a follow-up to that back in, like, 97 of, like, short stories about magic or magicians and stuff like that. Cool. But he's never written a autobiography. 
are there I'm sure there's some sort of biography that's been written about him yeah um I mean when I was a kid I got most of my information from like general like famous magician books oh, you know where sure. they talk about like Houdini and then Siegfried and Roy right. and Copperfield that makes sense yeah that you go to the library and like yes I spent a lot of time at libraries David Copperfield yes and find every book that mentioned him find every book that had him and that's I would so look funny. them up yeah that's, I was that fucking kid that's so funny and I was also in his fan club of so, course you were there's that too <laughs> did you have like a t-shirt and a I magic wand? I might I have had know. a t-shirt. I mean, I had a magic wand with my magic hat. I right. definitely had a Copperfield hat that I remember. <laughs> really? Oh, <God. laughs> I had a Copperfield I hat. I got really overwhelmed by how much I love that you were in his fan club. <laughs> yeah, his fan club was really cool, too. Like, you got, like, a newsletter, like, every three months. That's awesome. And, like, it was really informative and stuff. And, of course like, it was. They would have, his parents would, like, write an article in the fan club newsletter. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. I That's fucking loved so it. Funny. <laughs> it was so great. That's so funny. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> How long would you say you were a card carrying member of the David Copperfield fan club? Uh, I think for a good like three or four years, and then it got to be a bit of a money issue because we were soups poor. Oh, it wasn't expensive, ask. but how much will we'll, we'll give it like? $25 a year or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was like 25 30 bucks <laughs> yeah. a year. But we were also soups poor, yeah. so those decisions have to be made. Yeah, I mean, um, that's a luxury. That is a luxury. <laughs> but yeah, I remember when that, when like the opening packet came, like the welcoming packet, it was like so thick. Mm-hmm. And it had like all these like, it had like past issues and like a couple of like other random things about him. And like, I, I must have read it. that thing like a <laughs> hundred fucking times that's going amazing. through all the articles and I stuff. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. He's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. What, um... I was just going to say... You've seen his star. I did. Well, I went to school in California. Oh, right. So... Where'd you go to school? Concordia University in Irvine. Which is 40 miles south of L.A. Um, so you love all the Red Hot Chili Pepper songs that have to do with California. In theory, yes. <laughs> because you love all Because their I songs. love California and I love the show. <laughs> their newer stuff is kind of bad. I'm not going to lie. Um, did you hear the song that uh, I. The comedian did? Yeah. I haven't heard it yet, John but I heard Daly, it's really good. I think it's, it's called like Abracadabra or it's something. So funny. Okay, after we finish, right. I'm going to. Uh, We're going to look up these tricks. No, yeah. Well, I'll definitely do this. You don't have to. You no, don't have I wouldn't be because I'm going to talk okay, to you about you'll them. Still I'm going to lecture continue you to talk. Okay, yeah. cool. We can do that. Uh, I'll play you Abracadabra, California, awesome. and yes. you have to show me the. Uh, okay, there we go. The deck, <laughs> deck into the sure. um, It's so. As soon as you mentioned Red Hot Chili Peppers, all I wanted to do was just start singing it <laughs> because the chorus is. Bing a bong a bong a bong Burbank, giga Glendale, like he says. That's really funny because that's his community. Liz. Yeah, that's that's good. I've heard it's good, it's so hilarious. I'm excited to listen to a it. A lot of people thought it was a real song. They, yeah, they did. Like because be- someone they uploaded it to a website that was like Red Hot Chili Peppers 2013 or something like it, that. It, it was it was surrounding the Super Bowl. That's it. This, he made it. The comedian made a Super Bowl yeah. website. Uh, that was like Red Hot Chili Peppers at the Super Bowl, yeah. and, and it was something. It was all very, very legit looking. Yeah. And then the song played, and you're like, "This has to be a joke, right?" <laughs> yeah. 
but it sounds close enough and the website is legit enough that it makes perfect sense that people yeah. thought it was real. Oh, it definitely. I heard it was good. That one too. They're also recording a new album right now, so I think a lot of people were like, oh, this is like oh, unreleased from the yeah, studio. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. So, <laughs> it was a very good prank. So funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, you went to school in California, so at some point you went and sought out finding his... Yeah, well, I'm sure you just saw a bunch of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I did, yeah. I mean, within like a month of me going there, some friends were like, oh, let's go to Hollywood. And so when I heard that, I was like, I'm finding that fucking Saturday night. That's and awesome. it took me a while, but like I found it out. Cool. Because like I researched online before we left, like where's it at? Because mm -hmm. you can like put in like where's Names. the star and they'll tell you the streets. Gotcha. So, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Was that the only one that you made sure you had to see? Yeah, that was the only one I cared about. <laughs> That's so good. And until the Red Hot Chili Peppers get one, like I don't give a shit. I don't care about any of this. <laughs> There Arnold Schwarzenegger, yawn. <laughs> there is one dedicated to like the first four astronauts, which oh, cool. is kind of cool that and is, like random. Yeah, like, and it's also like bigger than like the other stars, so that one's cool. Makes sense. Yeah, four guys. And it's actually like a, has to do with stars. Yeah, it's a moon. It's the moon instead Whoa, of a star. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that one's pretty cool. Um, well, uh, good old good old David Copperfield. Yeah, I hope his. Uh, that's where they put their, like, hands and stuff in. No, that's no. the MGM Theater, which I think he might have something there, too. I think he does. But that's in Hollywood. Okay. And that's, like, through Disney. Oh. As uh, soon as I said it, I was like, mm, that's yeah. different. Does he, is he associated with Disney, or did they just, like, pull? No, yeah, I think, because they have, like, lots of celebrities who have, like, things there. So he's not, like, specifically associated I feel, with I don't them. know why I felt, maybe it's just... You know, Disney magic. Disney magic. Magic magic. <laughs> magic Copperfield. Hey, we gotta keep using that word before he buys it. Yeah, we do. It's gonna cost so much money. This, this podcast is gonna cost you like $6,000. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna bankrupt you. I have to pay that. I can't. I just, but I enrolled in his fan club, so I have no money. <laughs> I bet fan clubs. Things like fan that clubs are awesome. But do things like that? Do you think? I don't. I don't know if they do. The they might internet? have like an internet. Right. -like it would just thing. be like forums and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Which is so unfun. So people are more connected, but you don't get the. the oh man! You don't get the paper <laughs> and the pictures, <laughs> and then you can bring it into class and show your friends. Uh, like I did. I love it. Did you have any other friends who were super into it? There was uh, one kid who transferred. Into our grade in like fifth grade, and like I think he was just like lonely and wanted to make a friend and knew that I was really interested in magic. Aww. And I was kind of mean to him, Aww. and so I made him take a magic chat test to like test his magic knowledge. So I had all these questions about like Copperfield and like Houdini and like Helen or not. Um, <laughs> there's an old magician called Keller, was his last name. Like, all these, like, random magic, but no one's gonna know. And he failed it, and I was like, I'm sorry, you can't be in my magic club. But Nick, I was, like, the only one in the did. magic club. The, oh, I did. No. I felt bad. I was I gonna think say, he left, like, you a didn't year later. have a magic club. It was just you. It was just me. But I felt cool that he wanted to be in it. So it was a really hard test, you guys. <laughs> really hard. That's rough. That's yeah. rough, dude. You could have had... Got I could have had a magic, magic. buddy. <laughs> I could be famous right now. We could do, be doing a two-man act. Oh. Uh, did you know that that's not his real name? Uh, I think I did know that at some point, but 
tell me about sure. everything surrounding it. Well, it's just, uh, I feel like since we're talking about him, you know, it's an important fact. His yeah. real name is David Seth Kotkin. Kotkin? Kotkin. K-O-T-K-I-N, okay. I believe. But he picked the name from the book when he was, like, in his early 20s. Oh. And was like, oh, I need, like, a new uh, name. I think like, I, I need did. a stage name I that sounds that nice. I think I heard that... Um, that he, like, chose his own name and he made it the same as that Dickens book, I was like, that's kind of lame, actually. Like, yeah. why would he just take a name that was already mean something else? You know what I mean? For sure. It's funny, too, because, like, I would be, like, a kid, like, you know, seven or eight, just watch a special, and my mom and I would be at, like, Dollar General, uh-huh. and they would have, like, the cheap, like, Dollar David oh. Copperfield book, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, Mom! Buy me this book. It's about him. And she'd be like, that's no. not, it's not the thing. What I'd be like, no, out. you don't know. It's him. What a fake out. And every time you search to the library, you yeah. have to weed through all I the actual. I have to weed through all that fiction bullshit. <laughs> oh. Get to the nonfiction, the hard truth. And then every once in a while, you'd like pull down a, a anthology of like information about Charles Dickens books yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Get this shit Get out this of here. Get this shit out of here. Um, I'm glad... He's I'm, dead. He's dead. No one cares. Uh, yeah. Um, alright. How do you... I know this is something we've talked about a decent amount, but how do you feel like your love of David Copperfield has influenced you, uh, first creatively, and then your life in general? Oh my god. I could go on for hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, creatively, like... I really hold it to heart that he was so professional and was so like aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. Like his stage, his um, his set pieces were so well done, and they changed with each like trick that he did. And I just love that that helped set the environment and the mood for the trick he was gonna do. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like really conscious of that when, I mean, like it's hard to do that with improv, but right. like trying to make things as like professional looking and as like just smooth as possible is always like something I try to keep in mind. Cool. Um, I mean there's like other ways you know like using music in shows for like mood and stuff that's important to me. The way that he uses light cues. I love to like go up to the booth at the playground and like mess around with the lights at the beginning Uh to like change the mood and when people are walking in like that's really cool. So I he told me that like art can be like Especially performing art can be like really beautiful, and it can also be like really professional, but not like, not like stodgy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was really cool. Um, in terms of my life, I mean, like, oh wow, seeing him when I was six and seeing someone who did something that was so cool—is that the only time you've ever saw seen him? No, that was the first time, but that was just like this. Oh, is, you? Oh, oh, oh! Have you ever seen him live? I've seen him six times live. I can't believe we didn't talk about that before now. That's okay. Yeah. When's the first time you saw him live? So, I saw the special when I was six. My great-aunt Mona was like, oh, like, he's really into magic. And, like, four months later, he came to St. Louis. And I went with her. Like, her local bank group had, like, senior citizen, like, hangout things. So, I was, like, six years old with, like, this pack of, like, 
10 70 year old people and we went inside and we got real and it was and the greatest thing of my life everything oh my about god it. everything about it oh my god we saw it at the fox theater in st louis which is this old beautiful theater you know like original mm. acute nuance or whatever you call those we sat in the balcony but you could see the show really well and it was just like the whole time, like I'm amazed and it's so pretty I can't and the imagine how and I'm also with all these old captivated people. you were. I was so captivated. And happy and yeah. oh of course you've seen him six times. Yeah. When's the last time you saw him? It's actually been a while. Uh I wanted to see him in college, like drive out to Vegas, but I didn't. So it's probably been since like high school, which is unfortunate. That's so great. Yeah. Was it always in St. Louis or like there was one time we went to Springfield, okay. Springfield, Missouri, to see him. But every other time would be in St. Louis. He'd usually come around like Easter, mm-hmm. so that was like my Easter present mm-hmm. to go see like him. That's great. Yeah, and like speaking about his performance, like something that I loved and is about like performing. After his first trick, he would always do, or his crew would always like flood the stage lights out into the audience, so it would like wash over the audience. Yeah. And it was just, like, that moment of having, like, the light sweep over you, it was like, this is a thing. This it's is, like, like, an event. Oh, we're This in. is happening. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're in. in it. We're doing a hand motion right now, and it's really cool. We're, we're in. in it. And I just lived for that moment. Oh. And you knew it was coming. And I knew it was time. coming. And then it would happen. And, and I'd and be basking in the light. the light. Oh, feel the light. And you'd say, oh, David, I'm David, I'm here. <laughs> Take me with you on this journey of imagination I love and beauty. So much. I mean, but that's like seeing a band. I know. You know? It's just like I've oh. seen my favorite singer four or five. I, yeah. I will see him my fifth time in August. Who is it? Glenn Hansen. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say Garth Brooks. Oh. Because you've been talking about oh, that yeah, on Facebook. Oh yeah, I have. Because <laughs> my first concert was Garth Brooks. That's right. I'm, I found out that Paul Jurowitz's first concert was also Garth Brooks. There we go. So we'd been. So as soon as I saw that he was like teasing right. another world tour when he announced that he was retiring, yes. we're like, oh, we have to go. It'd be so like hilarious and fun. And yeah. then he's starting the in tour Chicago. in Chicago. That's awesome. <laughs> it's fate. <laughs> and like he's also a great example of just a great performer. He is a like I showman. would love to see that. He's show. He's a showman, and I, I love stuff like that. When I, I love saw him, Copperfield, all those yeah, people. When I was like, gosh, I don't know how old I was, but that was my first concert, and That's I was just awesome. like, this is what concerts are. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like he is, he's just flying right and now. He's raining inside. Yeah, and there are lights everywhere, yeah. and um, it was so great. Yeah. Like it. He, his very first song was uh, he played a song called Old Stuff and it's in the chorus is back when the old stuff was new and it's like that's a great lyric <laughs> and that's that's a great lyric that's the idea of the song yeah and um and I again like I was just like, immediately in I was like yeah back when the old stuff was new is I'm <laughs> ten yeah I was probably. About, I was get, yeah somewhere between eight and ten is yeah. what I would guess with my parents yep. and like my I think we even went with like my aunt and uncle That's and awesome. my brother and everyone went yeah and uh, it was the best and I got a yeah. T-shirt that had Garth's face on yes. it and uh, like of all course that. Yeah. yeah yeah and like that that feeling that we have right now I like want to do that when I perform yeah I, I, you know what I mean like it's hard when you're totally. in a small theater but like 
that's what I want mm-hmm. to give people that feeling of like excitement. This, this is, is something real. This is an experience. Cool. That's what I, I love. love. That. Yeah. That's great. It's what great. a great thing to like cling to. Yeah. Um, from him artistically and creatively. Yeah. Um, I feel like I kind of derailed when you were oh, okay. talking about uh, when you watched Song for the first time when you were six. Yeah. Um, but then we got to, we made sure we, we got talked about the real. fact that you have seen him six times, which yeah. is so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever seen like a live, big live magic show like that. Yeah. I, I can't, um. I mean like, if you're talking like big live magic shows, there's like him, there's like Siegfried and Roy, they're not around anymore. I've never and, like, been to Vegas, so I feel oh, okay, like if yeah. I had been to Vegas, I would have seen something like that. There's a guy out there, I think he stopped performing, a guy named Lance Burton, who was there for a long time, who did, that like, good, but it's hard to find, like, good, big magic shows. Mm-hmm. Like, Penn and Teller do a thing, but it's not, like, it's not, like, a big stage production. Right. They do a lot of talking and all this stuff, and, of course, like, Chris just, Angel. And they're, like, comedians. They're, like, yeah, doing comedian stuff, they're doing politics stuff, and... Oh, right. So, yeah. Uh, is there anything else... That you feel you would feel remiss if you didn't mention about your love of David Copperfield. <laughs> I think I think if I had to, well, one of the things that I figured out a couple years ago that I love about Copperfield is that he, and I think this is what sets him apart from a lot of magicians, is that when you watch most of his uh, tricks, the trick solves a problem in the scene. Oh, which cool. is so cool like he does this really good trick where like he's this uh, lonely like sketch artist and like the set design looks like it's a uh, apartment in New York City and he's like lonely and like sketching and then he makes a woman appear to like ease his loneliness and then he makes her disappear but I think that's why it's so cool it's not just a trick yeah there's like a he point a to it he tells a story and I, I think that's fantastic, and I try to do crappy versions of that with my sketch comedy, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah. that's why I think it seems so much more real and interesting, because it's, like, it has a point, it has a purpose to it, as opposed to just, like, look at this, now look at this, now she's gone. Right. And it's just so beautiful. That's so cool. Yeah. I think that's great. I think everything that you love about him is, like so respectable and awesome thank you you've given me a higher respect for david copperfield great he (laughs) only deserves the highest (laughs) and in turn probably a bunch of people who listen to this will be like wow david copperfield who'd have thunk good book (laughs) good book (laughs) um (laughs) the thing that i say at the end of every episode which you wouldn't know because you only. <laughs> I've listened just to all kidding. your episodes and I've been kidding. waiting for years to do this show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I asked you to do it. You have no reason to have listened to it. I am still surprised that anyone does, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, the thing I say at the end of every episode is that I love you and I mean that. Oh, well, yeah. I love you too. Oh, thanks. And you're great. You're great. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you. And. You love David Copperfield.
This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.